together this morning. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, if you are visiting with us today, glad to have you here. Be sure to fill out that connection card where we'll know that you were here, and I'd like to meet you here in just a few minutes. Few is a relative word, but a few minutes out in the foyer as we dismiss. Someone told me a while ago, one of the ushers told me back in the, uh, the back a moment ago, I had to go get my microphone on. I forgot that. And uh, they said, look, you better preach to them now because a lot of them aren't coming back for the afternoon service. And those who do will be uh, kind of uh, in a coma from all the burgers they're going to be eating this afternoon. So I got one shot today, and I'm going to try to make it count. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, if you're there, let's stand together as we pick up in verse 1. We're going to read down through verse number 2. If you listen fast, I'll read fast and I'll preach fast, okay? 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1. The Bible says, we then, which means he is referring back to chapter 5, we then as workers together with him beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. Now watch this parenthetical here, verse number 2. He's referring back to a verse in Isaiah. The Bible says, for he hath saith... For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I succored thee. Behold, now, there's our theme for the year, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Let's stop there and pray. Father, thank you for the great privilege to be back today. Thank you, Lord, for the great spirit, the great singing. Thank you for those, Lord, that are with us today, and I pray you'd speak to all of our hearts. Lord, you know every need that's here today. I, there's no way I can, but you do. And Lord, you've given us a message, and Lord, your spirit's going to show us what we need. It's going to show us, most importantly, the solutions to our needs today. And I pray that we'd receive them. Help us not leave here having not done the will of God. Speak to my heart. Change us today. We pray for it's in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I think I've shared with you before, probably, uh, one of the things I hate most in life. There's not a lot of things I hate in life. Uh, you know, I don't think you ought to go around hating all, on people all the time. Uh, we have enough of that in the world that we live in. Uh, but if there's one thing I really do hate in life, it's missed opportunities. I don't know about you. I hate missing out on good opportunities particularly, okay? I don't mind missing out on work from time to time. I don't mind missing out on taking out the garbage from time to time. Uh, but when it comes to good things, I hate missing out on good things. I hate missing out on opportunities to fellowship. I hate missing out on opportunities to go out and eat and visit with some of our families from time to time. I hate missing out on opportunities to get to meet visitors. Sometimes I'm at the left door and visitors go out the right door, and sometimes I'm at the right door and visitors go out the left door, and I hate missing out on, uh, on those things. And, you know, there's some things in life that we can afford to miss out on. Uh, I think all of us could afford to miss out on a meal or two from time to time. I know I could, that's for sure. All of us could afford to miss out on watching a television show from time to time. All of us could afford to miss out uh, on some uh, unnecessary fellowship from time to time. But when it comes to the things of God, I want to assure you this morning that none of us can afford to miss out on the things of God that he's prepared for us. Now, God knew you were going to be here today. Uh, God knew each and every person that's in this room this morning and many people that are watching on our live stream. He knew you were going to be here today, or he knew you'd be tuning in, and he's prepared exactly what we need today. Aren't you glad? We come to the house of God. The preacher may not know, and by the way, I don't want to know, and I don't need to know. Uh, but the preacher may not know, and the person sitting beside you may not know, but God knows what you need, and he wants to give us what we need this morning. But oftentimes we walk out of the house of God or miss a church service and we miss out on exactly what God had for us. He makes it known, the Holy Spirit of God. Oh, isn't he a great preacher? He makes it known. 
and he shows us what our need is in our life, and then he shows a solution that he has for our needs. But oftentimes, we turn our nose up to what God has prepared for us. We walk out of those doors saying, no thank you, no thank you. And oftentimes, we turn our nose up to the needs and to the answers that God has for us because we simply don't understand what he's offering us. Too often, we don't understand really what our Father has prepared for us and wants for us to have. I remember a good friend of mine, Justin Corley. Many of you may know him. He's pastor of Lebanon Baptist Church, first church that I pastored. And we were teenagers. We grew up together. And uh, we, like a lot of our teenagers last year, went to Montana on a missions trip. And we went to Yellowstone. My parents took us there. And uh, we got ready to get out of the car at the Yellowstone parking lot. And Justin says, "Uh, I can't go. And I said, why? I said, are you afraid of geysers or something? And he says, no, I'm allergic to sulfur. And the water there that coming out of the geysers, it's sulfur water. You know, it stinks, smells like eggs. And uh, he says, I, I, if I get, I'll, I'll break out and I'll swell up. And then you have to stick this pin in my neck. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that. You definitely sit in the car. And so we go look at Old Faithful. You know, kind of a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for a lot of people. We go and we see Old Faithful. We took pictures and all of this. And that night we're back at our hotel and he's telling his mom about how he got to see it from the car. He looked at it from the parking lot. And his mom says, well, why didn't you get out? And he says, well, I'm allergic to sulfur and I didn't want to get the water on me. And therefore, you know, I stayed in the car. She says, you're not allergic to sulfur. You're allergic to sulfur drugs. You can't take sulfur drugs. Not that you can't be around sulfur And he says, well, I wish I'd have known that, but there was a misunderstanding. And he missed out on a great opportunity to see something that a lot of people may never get to see in their life, all because there was a misunderstanding. He viewed it from afar because he misunderstood. Now, that's the way we could be when we leave here today. You can hear about what God's prepared, and you can understand or or you can be presented by God what he knows you need today, But if you don't understand exactly what he's presenting to you, you could walk right out of here missing out on all of the opportunity that God would desire for you to have today. Isn't that what he told the woman at the well in John 4? Our theme comes out of John 4, 23. John 4, 10, he tells her this. If thou knewest the gift of God, and who is it that saith to thee, give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. He said, if you really understood what I was offering you, you'd ask for it. You wouldn't run from it. You'd ask for it. Oftentimes, the Holy Spirit of God brings conviction in our life about who we need to be or who we're not and changes we need to make. And we don't like when God starts dabbling in our life, do we? Nobody likes it when God starts rearranging and changing things in our hearts. But truthfully, if we really understood what he was trying to do, we wouldn't run from him. We would ask for it. Is that why David said, search me, O God, and know my heart? He's asking God. He says, hey, I want what you've got, and I know what you've got is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. I know what you have is good, and I want that. But here's our problem. Oftentimes, when God shows us what we need, we don't quite understand it, and we miss out on what God's trying to say. Our theme this year is now. We're trying to find out what our now is. What's your now? We're trying to fulfill God's will one now at a time. Let's not look to next Sunday. Let's not even look to the afternoon service today. Let's look to right now. What is God wanting to do in my life right now? And then tomorrow we're going to say, what does God want to do right now? And then the next day, what does God want to do now? And Lord willing, we get to the end of 2022 and we look back and we see, hey, look at the will of God fulfilled in my life all because I understood what he wanted to do now. I beg you this morning, don't miss out on what God's trying to say to you today. 
Don't miss out on what God wants to do in your heart today. I heard a story of a preacher years ago, and the preacher was trying to uh, explain to his congregation the importance of having the right company or, or living in the right surroundings, okay? Not neighborhood, but talking about fellowship. The Bible says evil communications corrupt good manners. Be careful who you hang around, all right? That includes television and radio as well and internet, all right? So here's what he did. He brought four jars to the pulpit. In one jar, there was dirt. In one jar, there was some alcohol. In one jar, there was chocolate. In one jar, there were some cigarettes. And he says, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take some worms. He took live fishing worms and dropped one worm in every jar. And he says, at the end of the service, we're going to see how their surroundings affected them. And so he got up and he preached the message on evil communications, corrupt, good manners. And he said, let's see how they fared. And so he opened the jar with the dirt in it and the worm was alive and doing just fine because he had good surroundings. Do you get where we're going with this? He opened the jar up that had the alcohol in it and that worm was dead. He was pickled as could be. The one of the cigarettes, he had rolled over dead. He turned black. He's just sitting there on the bottom dead as the doornail. And then he opened up the one that had chocolate in it and he was dead too. And he asked the congregation, he says, do you see what all of this means? And one lady raised her hand and she says, yeah, I absolutely understand what that means. If you'll drink, smoke, and eat chocolate, you won't get worms. <laughs> the preacher put his head in his hands and he thought to himself, you missed it. You missed it. All right? Don't you leave here today. And on the way home, you stop and get something to drink, something to smoke, and a bar of chocolate. You can get the chocolate, okay? But everything else, stay away from. Now, folks, look, let's not miss it today. Let's not misunderstand what now is all about. It's not just a theme on our wall and something we sing about. There's things that God has for us. There's things that God wants for us in our life you can't afford to miss. You can afford to miss out on some of the possessions of this life. You can afford to miss out on that. You can afford to miss out on some of the pleasures of life. You can afford to, all right? You can afford in this life to miss out on some of the pleasures and popularity, but you can't afford to miss out on what God's prepared for you today. You need to understand what God wants to say to you today. But every service we walk out thinking we don't need what he's offering. And yet, like the woman of the well, he says, if thou knewest the gift of God, if we only knew what God's putting on the table today, I'm sure many of you have walked out of here before saying, man, he didn't serve up much today. Beanie weenies and Vienna sauces, that's about as good as we could get out of him. I have to bring in guest preachers to serve up steak. I'm serving you beanie weenies and Vienna sausage. Thinking, he didn't serve up much for us to eat today, but I'll promise you the Holy Spirit's got something for you today. If we're willing to understand what the will of God is. Now, if we knew what God wanted to put on the table right now, if we knew what God had on the table for us right now, we wouldn't be in a hurry to leave here. We'd want to know what does God have. So today I'm going to try to help us just for a few minutes Understand the opportunity of now. That's the message today, understanding the opportunity of now. Now, look back at our chapter, chapter 6, verse number 1. Paul's speaking to another church, and he's basically doing the same thing with them. He's trying to help them understand the opportunity that God has set before them right now. Now, before you turn down God today, can I ask you something? Before you turn him down, will you at least try to understand what he's offering you? The verse says, taste and see, the Lord is good. If you would just see and understand what he's offering you is good, I believe this morning you wouldn't try to get away. You'd ask him and he'd give it to you today. Now, the first point to understanding the opportunity of now, notice number one, you've got to understand the offer of now. Understanding the offer of now. Now look at verse two. We're going to see what God is offering here. The Bible says, for he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted. 
And in the day of salvation have I succored thee. Now watch. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Now, we can go back in Isaiah. We can read that verse and get the gist of what he's talking about with Israel. But basically what he's offering is simple. It's spelled out right there in verse number two. Twice he uses the word salvation. Now, hear me out today, even if you've already saved. If there's something you need to understand now in order to keep from missing out is that you need to know that God is offering to each and every one of us today salvation. All right? Now, let's not miss that. If there's something you cannot afford to miss out on, it's salvation. Now, you say we're preaching to the choir. Most of us are saved, all right? You look like you are. You look sharp today. Most of you haven't fallen asleep yet. You're paying attention, and I appreciate that very much. Some of you are even nodding your head. You look like safe people. But years ago, when I was a teenager, I heard Dr. Lee Robertson preach, and he said this, I believe that over half of what sits in our congregations today are not born again. And I thought to myself, look, here I am a punk teenager. This man of God's been preaching into his 90s before he went to heaven. And I'm thinking, well, you don't know our church. We have some good people in our church. I mean, we got godly grandmas and godly grandpas. I mean, look, they talk right, they look right, they act right. Surely they're saved. But can I tell you, I believe we have a lot of church, church people that have not been born again. They prayed a prayer. They swam around in the water. Their name is on the roll, but can I ask you this morning? Look, right off the bat this morning, simple question. Have you been born again? All right? The most important offer that God will ever make you is the offer of salvation to become a child of God, to have an eternal home in heaven with him. I'm not asking you if you prayed a prayer. All right? A lot of people prayed a prayer and they're still in hell. I'm not asking you if you swam around in there, all right? It's got a nice heater. It's a fun place to swim around in. We've got baptisms scheduled throughout the month of January and February. It's a fun place to swim, but swimming in that water is not going to get you to heaven. Have you been born again? The Bible says, John 3, 3, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, before you leave here today, you need to understand the offer. He's not offering you church membership. All right? He's not offering you the opportunity to sing in the choir. He's offering you the opportunity to have your sins forgiven, to have a home in heaven, and have a heavenly Father, which is Almighty God. The only access to that is to be born again. All right? Can I ask you again? Have you been born again? Do you know for sure 100% if you died right now, you're going to heaven? I honestly believe this. I've come to the place to where I agree with Dr. Lee Robertson. I believe that over half of what sits in American churches today has never been born again. So how do you know that? I look at the fruit, it's not there. I look, there's no victory, there's no joy, there's no peace. I mean, there's no fruit that says that we've been born again. Now look, fruit matters. Fruit matters. Do you know how I know what a tree is? By its fruit. Right over here behind, across the street, we have a little bonsai place. Told my wife the other day, I'm thinking about getting another bonsai tree. I killed the first one, but I'm going to try again. And uh, I hope that's not a, is that a crime yet to kill bonsais? If it is, I got a dead one in my office. Its body is up on the shelf. I killed it graveyard dead. I drowned it. I didn't know you could do that. But I told my wife, I'm going to go to the bonsai place and get me a tree. And as I was looking at the place the other day behind it, I see a satsuma tree. I've never set foot on that property over there. Never talked to the people who own that place. But I can tell you they have a satsuma tree in their backyard. How do I know? There's satsumas on it. All right? I'm judging it by its fruit. We have a bad misconception today about judging. 
You know, we can't judge anybody's heart, but he says, by their fruit you shall know them. Look at the fruit. Can I ask you, look, I'm asking you this not to get you to question your salvation. I want you to make sure you got the real thing, not just on a church roll and not just making sure you swam around in the water. I want to make sure today that you know 100% that if you died right now, you're going to heaven. The Bible says ye must be born again. That's the only way through Christ what he did on the cross. That's it. He's offering that to us today. I see so many struggles in the church. I see so many struggles in homes and families. And folks, I believe a lot of them go back to the simple fact we've never been born again. You know, there's a lot of things that come along with being born again. Matthew chapter 7. Go there with me right quick. I'm going to hurry, but you need to hear this, okay? Matthew chapter 7. I want you to see this. Or chapter, uh, yeah, chapter 7. Look down, if you would, to verse 15. These are red letters, so we know Jesus said this. Watch closely, beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. You shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs or thistles? Even so every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. I'm not being mean, I'm telling you what Jesus said. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth forth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore by their fruits ye shall know them. Look, can we all just be fruit inspectors for a few minutes? You don't inspect mine, I'm not going to inspect yours. And you look in your own life and see that the fruit of a Christian's there. Is it there? Have you been born again? Why? Because he's offering that to us. 2 Corinthians 5, the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. You shouldn't be able to do all the things you used to do before you got saved and be okay with it. All right? Doesn't mean you're not going to sin. I got saved as a kid. All right? I've done worse things since I got saved than before I got saved. I got saved as a kid. I couldn't even drive yet. All right? Uh, I didn't know what life was all about yet as a kid. I've done worse things since then. But I want you to know, when I go back to those things, when the Bible says, whereof we are ashamed, when I go back to those things, boy, something inside chews me up. Something's wrong. You know what that is? That's the Holy Spirit of God that lives in my heart because I am saved and I am born again. And that's my heavenly Father who loves me enough to chasten me, to spank me every once in a while. And say, you're my child, and I want my child acting better than that. Can I ask you, are any of those fruits there? Is the conviction of the Holy Spirit there? That Holy Spirit's kind of like a built-in GPS. I'm a man, and I'm not ashamed to admit, I let Siri tell me what to do and where to go. I had to go to a funeral the other day. Siri, take me to Pine Grove Cemetery. Yes, sir. I like it that she says, sir. I wish my wife would learn to do that. No, just kidding, just kidding. Turn left, turn right, turn left. And now it's on my watch. My watch, it vibrates this way. So see, now I set the directions, and my wife doesn't know it. I have the phones in the pocket. It gives me these little vibrations to let me know when to turn. She thinks I know everywhere we're going. I got a little secret built in. I can't wait till we get that put in our forehead, right? No, just kidding, okay? Gives me that direction I need to go. I'm kidding. Don't freak out and confront me after the service. When I got saved, I got one of those things built in here. He gives me direction. Should I do this? I had to apologize to my wife for something this morning. Nothing real bad, okay? Nothing horrible. But I said something I didn't need to say. And before those words ever came out of my mouth, the Holy Spirit said, mm. I was like, but she needs to hear this. <laughs> and I said it. She came back in the office a few minutes later. I said, I'm sorry. I said, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have said that. And it wasn't that bad, was it? Look, it wasn't that bad. And, and she said, she'll take care of me when we get home. It's going to be all right. You know what I mean? <laughs> Good thing we're having lunch here today, right? I don't have to worry about not missing out on lunch. 
But man, before I ever said that, the Holy Spirit, mm, no. That's why David said, set a watch over my mouth. Well, as a Christian, we have something built inside there. Do you have that? Is it there? Or can you go back over here to the far country, have a good old time, and walk away and say, you know what? I don't bother me at all. I'm afraid you may have prayed a prayer with your head, but you've never turned your heart toward Christ. By the way, that's what repentance is. It's not work salvation. Sin is what's going to send us to hell. We repent of that, saying, I'm going to turn from that lifestyle. And in the process, you're turning from sin to Christ. It's a single motion, okay? I turn from this to this. doesn't mean I'm not going to sin again. It just means now that when I do, something inside chews me up. That evidence of the Holy Spirit in my life shows me, hey, I am who I say I am, not who I'm pretending to be. Do you have that fruit? Do you know the Bible tells us, when you look down in Scripture, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if a man be in Christ, he is a new creature. As a pastor, sometimes I feel like I'm trying to give a cat a bath. Have you ever tried to do that? Man, I don't think cats were made for baths. I mean, they're making these horrible sounds. If, if one of those animal rights people is coming by your house when you're giving a cat a bath, you're going to jail. You are. That guy's in there strangling his cat, you know. I don't know that cats were made for baths. But boy, I used to have a dog. Boy, he loved getting a bath. I get out there, get the water hose. Boy, he's man, you rubbing his back, man. He's just his legs start to tapping, you know. He's just having a good old time with it. He was a different creature. He was a different creature. Sometimes I think the biggest problem with church folks, and the reason we can't get to the place where we finally do what we need to do as a child of God, it's because we haven't been born again. I don't know that we've been born again. You may have prayed a prayer with your head, but have you turned to Christ in your heart? The Bible tells us about a demoniac ran naked through the tombs. And what does the Bible say? Listen to this. The Bible says, you read it in Mark, they tried to bind him. You know what they were trying to do? Make him submit you do right. They would chain him up and he would break the chain. Nothing they could do could get him to do right. They tried and failed, tried and failed, tried and failed. You know what his problem was? He needed to be born again. Jesus comes along. He gets saved. What happens? The Bible says he's sitting clothed and in his right mind. He needed to be born again. Can I ask you? Look, I'm not trying to get you to doubt your salvation, but if you can doubt it, maybe you need to question it this morning. Are you trying and failing, trying and failing, trying and failing? You say, look, look, every once in a while, as a Christian, you ought to get a victory over something. You ought to be able to beat something sooner or later. I can do all things through Christ. You say you're in Christ, sooner or later you ought to win one. Sooner or later you ought to get victory over something in your life. The Bible says with God all things are possible. I can do all things through Christ, with God in Christ. You can. And you find all these Christians who say there's Christians and they never can. No victory, no peace, no joy in their life. My first question to you, look, I'm not trying to insult you. I want you to know for sure you're going to heaven. And maybe the reason there's no fruit is you've never been born again. He's offering, look at verse 2. Now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. Please understand the offer. He's offering you this morning deliverance. Now you say, wait a minute, we're saved, you're preaching to the choir, it's 1156. For those of you who want to know, it's almost time to get out of here, and you preach the whole message to people that are already saved. Well, you may be, but you know there's so much more that comes along with salvation. You look up the word salvation, do you know what it means? 
deliverance. Aren't you, aren't you glad salvation is so much more than just going to heaven? You say, man, Lord, thank you so much for saving me. I'm going to try to grunt it out down here, and one day I look forward to living a saved life. No, you get to live that down here. The benefits start down here. One of my favorite restaurants is Cracker Barrel. I love that place. The other day I was at Cracker Barrel, and I ordered the blackened fish, blackened catfish. I'm not ordering the fried because I don't need it anymore. I have, I have a problem. It makes me swell up and I'm trying to stay away from the fried. And so I ordered the blackened catfish. And the lady says, what would your side be? I knew what it was going to be. Coleslaw. I take my coleslaw and I put it on the blackened catfish. It's just good that way. And eat it in one bite. You got to try it. Don't knock it before you try it. It's like spam, okay? And then she says this to me. What would you like for your second side? I look over at Debbie, our nice waitress, and I said, excuse me? She goes, what would you like for your second size? I get another one. She said, yeah. I says, give me more slaw. So she gave me more slaw. And then she's going to do something you never believed she would have done. She goes, and your third side? <laughs> you know? No wonder she had four stars on her apron. I said, I get three? I get three? Not only do I get the delicious black and catfish, I get three? She goes, yeah, you get three sides. And I thought of this morning, boy, that's how salvation is. God serves you up a helping, a heap and helping of salvation. Boy, that's so good. And he says, hey, there's some sides that come along with it. There's some sides that come along with it. Salvation means deliverance. Watch this. Some of you, you are saved this morning. And yet you come to church and he offers you deliverance now. He offers you victory. He offers you peace. He offers you joy. And you're like, ah, oh, no, I'm not sure. You're passing up on a side. What kind of a sadist would you be to walk out of Cracker Barrel saying, no, I don't want a third one. My wife's like, bring on the sweet baby carrots. That's her favorite. Give me some of those dumplings. Give me some of that meat. It's good. And yet we walk out of here. Watch this. You could have deliverance now. Some of you are fighting with something this morning. It's tormenting you in your life. And boy, you go back and forth and it defeats you. But as a child of God, the Bible says, I can do all things through Christ. If you're saved, you can leave here with deliverance now. He's offering you that. The Bible says we're more than conquerors. Greater is he that's in you. He's got to be in you for it to work. But if he's in you, you could leave with that here today. The problem is, listen, we're cursed people. We're cursed people living in a cursed world. We are. Read your Bible, all right? Romans chapter 5, death passed upon all men. We're all cursed. Well, the other night, my wife and I were laying in bed, and we got a ring doorbell. And, well, that's a fun little thing to have. If you don't have one, it's great entertainment, okay? It's better than what's on TV, I assure you. And so we lay in there in bed, and all of a sudden, doo-doo. Nobody's at our door. It picked up motion. It picked up motion. And so we sit there in bed. I take my phone out, and we're laying in bed watching, you know, what's going on in our front yard. And I have a, a brief video. I'm going to show it to you today. Uh, you know, we get to go with the movies. Here's my front door. They're tormenting me because I don't have time to hunt. And so they come to my front yard, and they dance in my yard. All right? All right, back up the video real quick, guys. Can we do that? Restart the video. Watch this deer here. Something's wrong with him. For about an hour, he walks in my yard backwards. He never goes forward, and he only has one horn. And we're sitting there thinking to ourselves, something's wrong with him. And so then, like a good humanitarian that I am, I go out there, not with a gun. I go out there after he goes away, and I'm looking. He's just standing there looking at me. And I'm like, don't tempt me, okay? The Bible says I'll set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I didn't set him there. He's just there, okay? And I got to looking, and he didn't have any more horns. His horn fell off in my yard. I got a picture of it. I go out there, and my wife says, 
what happened? I says, his horn just fell off in my yard. So there's this weird deer walking around my yard backwards at like 11 o'clock at night, and then his horn falls off. I'm thinking, how cruel. He's just tormenting me. Watch this. Not only can you not shoot me, I'm going to drop my horns in your yard. I called the game warden. I said, hey, there's something wrong with this deer in my yard, man. He's walking around backwards the whole time, and then his horn falls off in my yard, and the horn was hollow. It was just weird, gnarly looking. He said, yeah, he said, that deer has a brain abscess. A brain abscess. Got to fighting over girls. Fighting over girls. His horn got cracked and an infection got in there. And literally the infection in his brain popped his horns off. In my yard. And they go out in private and do that somewhere, you know. Doing it in my yard. But he did it in my yard. I got it on video. Now hear me out. Hear me out. I was thinking about that deer. That poor deer's suffering from the curse. He's a cursed deer living in a cursed world. This world is cursed because of sin. Adam and Eve opened the door, and you and I keep it open. <laughs> this world's cursed. And here what was sad. What? Do you know how I could tell that he was suffering from the curse? Stick with me. I could tell by the way that he walked, and he couldn't keep everything together. He was falling apart. Now, you see where we're going with this. Can I ask you? Are you dealing with some of the curse this morning? You say, well, no, I'm not. How's your walk? We say we're okay, but we're walking backwards through life. And then we just keep falling apart and can't hold things together. You're dealing with the curse. Here's the good news. God offers salvation, and with our salvation comes all kind of side dishes that he wants us to have. Deliverance. There's nothing in this world that can get victory over you unless you let it. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You're more than a conqueror. Why don't you leave here right now this morning accepting God's offer? He offers, number one, salvation. But with salvation comes deliverance and so many other things. The Bible says, Romans 6, for sin shall not have dominion over you. But watch this. We see the offer of now. You need to understand what God's offering. He's offering you salvation. He's offering you deliverance. But wait a minute. You look down. The Bible says, verse 2, Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Now, truly, that's an offer you can't refuse this morning. Yet a lot of people do. Can I tell you why? Nobody in their right mind would say no to deliverance. Who wants to suffer with alcohol and drugs and whatever it is you're dealing with this morning? Who wants to, to, to suffer with being tormented by bad thoughts or lust or whatever it is? Whatever you're suffering, who would say, yeah, I just want to keep suffering? I don't want to live. Nobody in their right mind would do that. So here's what we say. Instead of telling God, yes, I accept salvation now, or as a Christian, I accept the power of God now in my life, here's what we tell him, not right now. Not right now. We know our need is now. We know what our need, the Holy Spirit's gonna make that clear, but we tell God, not right now. Do you remember what later means? I told you on the first day of this year when we launched our theme, later is the scenic route to never. I'm going to do it later. I'm going to get saved later. I'm going to get peace later. I'm going to get victory later. Even though God says, what, what does he say, verse 2? Now. Behold, now. Behold, now. Now, before you postpone what God offers you today, you need to see the second thing. That's the understanding the condition of now. Number two, let's understand the condition of now. Now, notice the obvious here. The Bible says now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Obviously, an offer is being made, but this offer comes with a condition. The offer comes with a condition. Before you tell God today, nope, not getting saved today. 
Oh, man, he preached too long. It's already 12.04. Say, aren't you glad? I'll just give you these updates. What time it is, that way you can know. You don't have to look at your, it's embarrassing when you try to casually look at your watch during the preaching. I'm helping you out, that way you don't get embarrassed and your wife doesn't elbow you during the sermon. You see, he preached too long. I'm not going to go down now. I'll get saved later. I know I'm struggling with this in my life, but I'm not gonna go down to the altar. I'm not gonna get counsel. I'm not gonna talk to the pastor. I'm not gonna go do anything. I'll do it later. You're taking the scenic route to never. You're going to miss out. Why? There's a condition that comes along with this. I think all of us probably get junk mail. If you don't, please tell me what the secret is. Because I would love not to get junk mail. And they make it look so real now, don't they? It looks like a handwritten letter. You're like, man, that's, that's, no, it's not. They're just trying to help me with my, my auto insurance or, you know, that extended warranty on my car. One of the favorite things I love getting in the mail, one of the favorite offers I get is from Krispy Kreme. You kind of know what they look like, don't you? You know, you get on there, buy one dozen, get one dozen free, or get one for a dollar. I mean, I would just be a communist if I didn't take them up on that offer, because that's an all-American deal. Buy one, get one for a dollar. Sometimes Brother Michael Coates will bring me his coupons, and I'll stick them in my wallet. Because oftentimes I'll get over to Merritt at the hospital, and I'm right there by Krispy Kreme, and you'll see the bat signal glowing up there, you know, hot donuts, hot donuts, hot donuts. And you're like, yeah, I got to pull in, I got to pull in. It's a sign. It is a sign. It's a sign you're probably going to die young from eating too many donuts. You are what you eat, and I've started to get this donut right around this area of my life. So I'll stick those coupons in my wallet. I think, man, next time I get my Krispy Kreme, I'm going to pull those coupons out. It's a good offer, isn't it? Buy one, get one. Bogo. I mean, that's a great offer. Or maybe you're going to buy one and get a, a chocolate dozen free. That's a great offer. So I'll stick the offer in my pocket, and I have intentions of going back there later. Finally, I'll get over there and, oh, lights on, pull in, pull out the offer, put it up on the counter, say, hey, I want to get that buy one, get one, and, and all of a sudden, some of the saddest words you'll ever hear in life happen. Sir, this coupon's expired. It's got to be tough on that lady to see a grown man's lip quiver. <laughs> but it does. Huh? But you don't understand. I, here's the coupon, and there's the donuts, and here's me. It's a perfect trifecta right there. But, sir, if you'll look there on the bottom, it says expires, and it gives you the date on there. It ex- and what's horrible is when it expired yesterday. <laughs> they expired yesterday, you know, if you'd have just come in here earlier. You see, there's a condition with the offer. There's conditions with God's offers, okay? By the way, God's offers are not subject to your convenience or my convenience either. When God makes an offer to us, whether it be for salvation or deliverance, God makes an offer. Can I tell you when it's good for? Well, look at verse 2. There's our answer. Behold, now is the accepted time. This is salvation. I'm offering it to you now. I'm offering to you what the Holy Spirit has made clear now. That's the conditions that come through there. But hear me out. If you're not careful, just like those coupons, you'll miss out on the offer because you didn't use it in time. The other night, my wife, I learned how to make homemade brownies. We were out of brownie mix, and I said, there's got to be a way to do this. They had to be able to do this before brownie mix, and so I did what you would do. I Googled it, and I figured out how to make brownies, and mine are better than Betty Crocker's, and and then we had another problem. We're out of milk. No, we had a little bit of milk left, and so my daughter comes in the living room with the jug. Y'all probably don't do this at your house, but we did our house. She goes, Dad, smell this. I'm like, smells, smells good. I mean, it's always going to smell good. I'm just going to let them pour it up and drink it, you know, and then you tell me if there's chunks floating in it or not. Man, we tried the milk. Do you know it was good at one point? 
but we didn't use it by the expiration date. And now we missed out on it. Now, folks, when God offers you something, notice what the condition of now is. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. I think about the children of Israel this morning. They wanted what God offered. What did he offer them? Promised land. We know that well. He offered them the promised land, and yet they just kept saying, not now, not now. We want to stop here. We want to do this. We want to make our own God. And finally, in Numbers chapter 14, listen to what the Bible says. Because all those men which have seen my glory and my miracles, which I did in Egypt, listen closely, okay, and in, this, in the wilderness, and have tempted me now these ten times. Notice the time word. He said, they've tempted me ten times. I've offered, I've offered, I've offered ten times. I offered them the promised land. And they have tempted me or said no, listen close, and have not hearkened to my voice. Surely they shall not see the land. You see, they thought it was an open-ended offer. It wasn't. There was a condition. There was a time that God put on that offer. Look, the Bible says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. Do you know when the time to open the door is? Why he's knocking now. Because that's when the offer's good. How often do you open your door and nobody's there? I need to go answer the door. If you do that, something's wrong with you. All right, you open it when people knock. He's not going to knock forever. And then if you are saved, what is he knocking to offer you today? Can I tell you when you ought to accept the offer? Now. Now, Genesis chapter 6, the Bible says this, right before he commissioned Noah to build this ark, and the Lord said, my spirit shall not always strive with man. My spirit shall not always strive with man. God's looking down from heaven. He should have nuked the world long before the flood. They deserved it. But all of the time, God was giving them an offer. I'm giving you an opportunity. Repent, turn back, get right. Opportunity, time, opportunity, time. Finally, he says, my spirit will not always strive with men. You know what striving is? Wrestle, put up with. You look up the word, you go deep into the Hebrew, okay? I'm not trying to impress you, but hear me out. It goes back to this term of keeping the sword in the scabbard. All right, you know what swords are for, right? Not good stuff. Not good stuff. If you're in my office and I have the sword out, which I have one, you know it's probably going to be a bad meeting, okay? God had his sword, his judgment in the scabbard. He's saying, my spirit will not always strive with man. I'm not always going to keep the sword in the scabbard. Sooner or later, I'm pulling it out. Sooner or later, the Bible says in Romans, he carrieth not the sword in vain. Sooner or later, the sword's coming out. What is he saying? Okay, I'm done. I'm done leaving the sword in the scabbard. Your opportunity's over with. Now listen to me. If you've been striving with God, wrestling with God, resisting God, I beg you this morning, accept the offer because there's a condition coming that one day the offer's cut off and it's no good no more. That offering of salvation, he's going to knock and then one day that last knock, it's over. It's over. Some of you this morning, you're fighting with stuff. You're wrestling with God, and God wants you to submit to him. And you're like, no, I just can't do that. I'm enjoying life too much. And sooner or later, watch this. The wrestling stops because he's gone, and that opportunity's passed. Number two, we need to understand the condition of now. That's what Mordecai was trying to preach to Esther. What did he say? Who knoweth whether the ark come to the kingdom for such a time? Notice 
He says, Esther, God's given you an opportunity. Look, recognize you have the opportunity. God's given you the time. But he says, time is ticking. If you don't do it, God will raise up deliverance from somewhere else. You're going to miss the opportunity. By the way, if you have a Mordecai in your life, you ought to give him a hug today. People try to help you know what time it is. God's trying to get you to take the opportunity to be saved. God's trying to help you have the opportunity to have deliverance in your life. You ought to go give them a hug if you've got somebody who keeps bugging you about getting right with God. That's what Mordecai was doing. He said, well, I'm going to take my chance when I leave here today. I'm just going to take my chance and go my way. Go ahead. Go ahead. I've told you this before, but I don't think you can spell it out any clearer. Jonah chapter 1, verse 1, the very first word is now. Now, therefore, the word of the Lord came unto Jonah. Jonah, I want you to go preach. What did he do? He said, now is the opportunity. Jonah says, I'll take my chances. I'm going to walk out those doors today. I'm going to take my chances. Well, Jonah chapter 2, verse 1, the Bible says, then Jonah prayed. A lot can happen between now and then. He would get on a boat, get in a storm, get thrown off the boat, swallowed by a whale, spending all these nights down there on the bottom of the ocean in the belly of a whale, stinking darkness, scared to death. Finally, he says, okay, God, I'm ready to do it. And boy, thank God for grace that gave him another opportunity. But oh, there's a lot that happened that didn't have to happen between now and then. Too many times in my ministry, this year will be 27 years, I've watched people walk out those doors for the last time. And they would make it back. But boy, a lot would happen between the last time they left and the next time they would come. Many would lose their family. Some would lose their children. I'm talking about to the world. Many would lose their testimony. Yeah, take your chance. Say, you know what? I'm going to take my chance and hope that he's going to offer it to me again. His graciousness and his mercy probably will. But can I ask you what's going to happen between now and then? Notice this, and I'm going to give you the last point. Verse 2. The Bible uses the word I want you to see. It uses it twice. The Bible says, let everything be established by two witnesses. God's serious about this. For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted. And in the day of salvation have I succored thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Number one, if he's offering you salvation, if I was you, I would accept it now. He's accepting you now. He's knocking because he wants to receive you and accept you. But wait a minute. Oftentimes we say, I'm going to do it later. The Bible says now is when it's acceptable. Right now. I love going to Smoothie King. Isn't it amazing how many illustrations go back to food? Lord, help us. But I'm trying to go to Smoothie King because I'm not going to Krispy Kreme. I mean, smoothies are good for you, right? And so my favorite smoothie king is the, it's called the angel food. If I'm going to eat healthy, it's going to go back to cake, okay? So angel food is the one that I get. And they have a thing called $5 Fridays where you get a 32-ounce on Fridays for $5. And I'm not always buy smoothie king on Fridays, so I went in the other day. I thought it was Friday. It was really Saturday. And I ordered the 32-ounce the, the, uh, the angel food. And uh, the lady says, that'll be seven-something. I was like, seven-something? She said, yeah, uh, they're only $5 on Fridays. That's why it's called $5 Fridays. <laughs> Smart aleck millennial. <laughs> and then I have to be a Christian. I said, oh, my bad. You see, that offer wasn't accepted on Saturday. It was only acceptable on Friday. 
I wonder this morning, is he offering you something that's accepted, acceptable now? When you walk out those doors, the offer's over. The knocking stops. The Bible says now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. The last thing I want to show you that you need to understand, number one, you need to understand the offer. He's offering you salvation. He's offering you deliverance. He's offering you power. But the condition of now is it's only good while he's offering it. It's a limited time. But what you've got to see is after the condition, I want to show you what happens if you ignore it. It's in verse number one. We then as workers together with him beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. So we receive the offer, but we choose not to do anything with it. Therefore, it becomes in vain. You're given the offer to something, and we see finally we understand the outcome of now. What you choose to do with what he's offered to you is going to determine what the outcome is. Listen, you haven't been predestined to go to hell. You haven't been predestined to be a loser. You haven't been predestined to be overcome by sin. No, the Bible says, nay, we're more than conquerors. He offers it all to each and every one of us equally. Salvation, power, he offers it to us. The ones who have it chose to accept it. They were given the offer, they were given that coupon, and they actually used it. Now, number three, understand the outcome of now is important because we get to choose what the outcome is going to be today. I need about five or six guys. One, two, three. Give me three more guys real quick, okay? Three more teenage guys. Come up here right quick. You're not in trouble. I need your help, okay? Now, we didn't rehearse this today, and so uh, I need a couple more. One, two, three, four, five. Brother Bo, could you come up and help them? You're not a teenager anymore, but you can be the man leader of the group right quick, Okay? But both, they get out of line, just knock them in the head, all right? Line up right here real quick. I want to show you this, and we're going to be done today. Just line up and show everybody how our Christian school guys know how to line up. There we go. We'll look at that. Look. Amen. They're good. They've learned really, really good. All right, I want to give you guys some coupons right quick, okay? All right, I'm going to give you this coupon. Miss Leslie did a good job with those, didn't she? I'm going to give you a coupon. Here we go. I'm going to give you one. I'm going to give you one. I'm going to give you one. Brother Bo, I'll give you one. If you just kind of step up behind here. All right, notice, I've given them these coupons. They have received them, have they not? They've received them. But you know what? All of these coupons are offers. He's received the offer for deliverance, healing, opportunity, peace, power, and salvation. They've received the offer, the coupon. They've got it. But watch this. If they don't do anything with it, it's in vain. Notice what it says, verse 1. We then, as workers together with him, beseech you, we're begging you that you receive not the grace of God in vain. You've received the offer, now you've got to do something with it. And they can choose this morning. You know what? Braden says, Braden's got a smoking problem, all right? He, man, he smokes like a freight train. I don't know if you know that. That's why he has trouble getting up and down the court sometimes in our basketball game. Just kidding. He smokes a pipe, man. It's really good, all right? And Braden needs deliverance. And God says, Brother Braden, I'm going to give you an offer. I'm giving you an offer. Here it is. I'm offering you deliverance. Say, you're saved, right? You know, heaven's your home. Yeah, yeah. But he's having trouble. We all struggle, don't we? Yeah, we live in a cursed body. We're all going to struggle with something sooner or later. He offers him that, but the brain says, you know what? I think I like to smoke too much. I'm just going to carry this with me. Watch. He did not do anything with the offer. He received it, but didn't do anything with it. Therefore, it is in vain. You get it? Healing. Some of you may have been hurt this morning by someone or something. And boy, you're hurt. And man, your heart is broken. And that's keeping you from serving God. God says, I'm offering you healing today. Do you choose to have it or not? 
or else he just gave you the offer today and yet that offer was in vain because you didn't do anything with it. You see, that's where it comes to you and I. You can't sit back and see somebody who's gone through a trial and they have healing and you get mad because you don't. The reason you don't have it is because he offered it, but it was in vain because you didn't do anything with it. You gotta decide, I'm gonna choose to have deliverance. I'm gonna choose to have healing in my life. Here's opportunity. You pick on all these other, man, they get to do this and they get to do that. They're just a preacher's favorites. They're not. You give an opportunity, they do something with it. He said, God, why did you give them a chance to do that? Well, he presented them with the opportunity and they decided it was not going to be in vain. You gotta choose what you're gonna do with it. Going down the line, peace, man. All of us need that today, don't we? He offers it to us. What did he say? My peace I give you. I'm giving you peace. I want you to have peace. You're like, nah, I gotta go home. It's, it's 12, 21, good grief. He preached so long. Yeah, you're gonna walk out of here missing it and he offered it to you in vain. He knocked, you didn't open the door. It's not because he didn't try. Let's go all the way down here. Power, boy, we need that one. And then Brother Bo has the most important, because he's the most important of the group, salvation. If you die and go to hell, it's not because you didn't get an offer. He put one in your mailbox. And you can decide this morning it was junk mail. It wasn't junk mail. He offered you. What did he say? If I have you lifted up, I will draw all men. God didn't miss any mailboxes. Yours got one, the offer of salvation. But if you choose not to do anything with it today, watch this, not on God, that's on you. You chose to die and go to hell. What does it say? Receive not the grace of God in vain. So here are these guys. These guys represent every person in this room this morning, me included. God has offered you something. Here's my question to you. Is it in vain? Did he give you something and you chose? You guys can go sit down and you can keep that. Thank you very much. Just take off real quick. Hurry, hurry, so I can finish the message. They can run real good too. We teach them to run at our school really, really good. He said, well, I'm going to do it later. Proverbs 27, the Bible says, boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. I'm going to ask you this, and we are going to go. I'll make a deal with you. If you'll come back this afternoon, I'll preach half as long. I promise. I promise, Okay. What has he offered you? What has he offered you? He said, man, you talk so fast. I talk fast, we wouldn't be here any longer. You talk so fast. I didn't quite get it. No, no, no. Don't try to blame it on me. Holy Spirit's gonna make that clear to you. You know what your offer is. He's made you an offer. Is it salvation? Have you been born again? Look, if you got saved today, nobody's gonna laugh. We're going to rejoice. The Bible says there's rejoicing in the presence of the angels. We're going to rejoice, man. You get saved. I told you, my wife, the preacher's wife, she got saved when she was 21 after we were married. Man, it was great. She got saved. Nobody put, down her, put her down for that. If he's made you that offer, I beg you this morning, receive it now. Receive it now. Because there's a condition with now. You better understand there's conditions that you might walk out that door and look down on your little offer and realize you missed it. It's past. And you'll beg and you'll plead that God would knock on your heart one more time. Please, please, please knock on my heart one more time. It's too late. Now's the time. Now's the time. Do you know why the rich man is in hell? The rich man is in hell today because he was given an opportunity, but he chose that it was in vain. Receive not the grace of God in vain. Let me ask you, what opportunity, what offer is he presenting to you now that salvation? Why don't you get saved today? Why don't you get born again? If you're saved, why don't you decide, I'm going to get deliverance today. He offered it. He says, greater is he that's in me than he's in the world. I'm getting deliverance today. 
Or, hey, I'm going to get peace. I'm going to get some joy today. I'm going to get some contentment today. Maybe he's offering you the opportunity to repent. Why don't you repent today? Get right with God. We all are out of sorts with God at some point in our life, me included. I told you I had to apologize to my wife or something this morning. I'm not right with her. I'm not right with God. If he's offering you repentance today, there's a condition. And the outcome today is up to you. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Let's stand together. Heads are bowed.